Thanks for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. We are reading through a book from the People's Bible Teaching Series called God's Providence. For information on purchasing the book from us, contact our church office or look on our website. You can also simply join us and enjoy the conversation. We're glad to have you listening either way. Without our God and his providing for us, we could never survive, not even for a second. The world and our lives would certainly come to ruin, and quickly. But our God has promised to provide for our needs, and he delivers on that promise every day and every second of our lives. Join us to grow in our understanding and in our thanks for God's providence. Hello, faithful, most certainly true podcast listeners. You made it to chapter 11, the last installment of our series on the book God's Providence. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Pastor Strong. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. And uh, you? I am doing very, very well. I'm glad to hear that. So the sun's coming out, and some there's some warmth, and... Um, we got an opportunity to share a, a fun summer experience yesterday. We went to the baseball game. Yeah, went first first Brewers game in over a year plus, probably that uh, since I've last gone to a game. So it was really fun to be back in the the ballpark. Yeah, same with me. First time at American Family Field. Right, that's uh, taken a lot to get used to. Not call it Miller Park. Yep. But uh, no, still, it was uh, it was really a nice nice opportunity to get out there, watch a game, enjoy some time with you guys too. It was fun. And I think my voice got picked up on the TV broadcast. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if it's it's my booing or maybe someone who has a similar tenor of my voice, of voice to me. But um, after the most ridiculous interference call that I've ever seen in my life, we were very confused out in, out in left field. Right. Why that runner who was out by five steps was allowed to stay on first base. And yep. Then I got home and watch the replay and I'm still very confused. <laughs> you and a lot of other people too. Yeah. That was a, that was one of those examples of yeah, that was a really really bad call and everybody else saw it. <laughs> I heard that the uh that the ump didn't even own it after he insisted that the runner had to divert out of his path and that that was the proper call and hmm. No, still yes. wrong. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I I did appreciate. I don't know if you got a chance to watch this or see this, but the very next or the 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 first play that the Brewers had after that was a very similar play, a, a dribbler to to the first baseman and the pitcher had to cover. Right. And the fans all uh, cheered or uh, shouted interference, right. interference and made the the PA announcer or the um TV announcer kind of chuckled and Gave some kudos to the Milwaukee fans <laughs> who are paying attention and are 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 on point with their sarcasm game. Right, <laughs> it's nice to see it early in the season. <laughs> so we didn't win, but it was a good time out Absolutely. at the ballpark. Good to have some brats off the grill and yep, and to just be there and see live baseball puts a smile on your face. That's that's so. a good thing, and hopefully, uh, get a few more yet this summer. Yep, that'd be good. Would be good. So we're at the last chapter, a really, really short chapter. We'll see if that translates into a really, really short podcast or not. Challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> I think we can do it. <laughs> um, but just kind of a, a conclusion uh, 
summary here and, and a few concluding thoughts. So I thought it was good. I liked that he um, made mention of the book of Esther. I don't know. Has Esther come up in the previous 10 chapters yet? I don't believe so. I, I wonder if that's why it made it into the conclusion. Probably. Because you got to talk about Esther if you're going to talk about God's providence. That's a really great example of God's providence in it, isn't it? That God lines up history and even uses outside circumstances and influences and uh, yet still maintains his control, yet still is able to keep his promises, um, his promises to protect and care and and provide for his people. And here you see Esther in unique and, um, I don't know, less than favorable circumstances as so many of God's people are, are here under this foreign ruler and, and in this situation where where uh, people are trying to persecute them or trying to do, do away with these Jews. Um, yet that, that comment, maybe God has raised you up for such a time as this. Right. Um, and I like the way he tied that in. You can see God's providence in the whole story that, that God was in control. Uh, but also that you can't go too far in, into the ditch of, well, if since God's in control, then I can just kick my feet up and don't have to do anything. Um, so Mordecai gives Esther the encouragement that do what you can, use your position, your power, your influence to act, and, and maybe God will use your actions and God will work with you to carry out his will, maybe. Um, but don't just say, well, God's in control, so let's just sit back and let this plot against uh, God's people. Let's see if it unravels on its own. But um, that God gives us the position that we have and the skills that we have and um, the ability to to use our reason and and our strength and, and talents to, to work, to, to use those, those, uh, that mind power that he gives us to seek to better our own situation. And yet we see God, um, maybe he chooses to bless that, or maybe he makes that fall apart and says, no, I'm, I'm actually planning to go in this direction. But, Esther's a good example of not sitting on your hands and just waiting for God to miraculously intervene, but rather um, to do what to do what we can and to use the gifts that we've given that God has given us um, to ca- to be faithful to Him, to carry out His will, and then to to watch and pray that God use that to to do His thing. Yeah, it's just it's a wonderful example, and if you haven't read the book of Esther before or has been a while, jump back into it. Um, it's, it's a short little read, but a, an important one that really does pull together, I think, everything we've talked about in this book of, of what it means to, for God to provide for us and to care for us, his providence. And, and like you mentioned, it has all these aspects of this great balance of God caring and working through, um, concurring with the, the events and actions that were taking place, um, even so through some of the evil ones, but to accomplish his his roles and purposes, as as Esther and uh, Mordecai were all using their abilities and gifts and opportunities to to share in their love for God and and their love for their people, and God working through that all to to ultimately bless them um, and and save the Jewish people. Yeah, you can even at, before the the story begins to. Um you know, before the plot unrolls, um, you can see their attitude that they have. They're in a pretty crummy situation, 
um, yet they don't throw up their hands and say, God has failed to keep his promise to provide for me. God has failed to watch over me. Right. Uh, but rather they sit quietly and and uh, trustingly that God's got this. And when his time is right, he'll carry out his will in his way. And um, maybe that'll be a, a prompt answer to my prayers. Or, or maybe I won't ever see those prayers answered. But I can be content no matter what I see around me, no matter how difficult a situation or hopeless it might seem, um, to still be able to, to trust in the promises of God. And and maybe that means that things are going to go the way I want them to here on earth, or or maybe what God has planned for me is, is just to take me home and to uh, experience the joys of eternal blessings. Um, we don't know. God hasn't given us specific promises of how our lives are going to go or how uh, long our lives are going to be, uh, but he has given us this, this overarching promise that he will provide for us, that he, he will love us in his way and and allow what's best for us to happen and we can take a cue from from the book of esther and see see god's people under persecution god's people in difficult times yet remaining faithful and and trusting in the promises that he's given yeah and that's a good reminder too of with the other passages that he goes throughout the rest of the chapter to talk about just you know passage after passage and example after example you almost can't read a portion of God's word without seeing God's hand at work. And that's providence. I mean, it's God's providence that he works through. He concurs with some of the, the wicked that goes along in our world um, and uses it for our good. And, and while we may not always have everything we want it to be, the outcome might not always go the way we, we hope, but God always has a purpose. And He's never He's never forsakes us. He's always there. And his ultimate goal is to bring us to heaven through faith in our, his son Jesus and what a tremendous thing that is to know um, you know when we live in a world that is so you know we we're inundated with these are the things you need and the things you have to have and the way you're supposed to live your life and the lifestyle you're supposed to have right um, and we can get so wrapped up in that that we can miss well, how God really wants to truly bless us and the role he's really playing in our lives too so a book like this allows us to take a step back and refocus on who's really giving us the blessings who's really working in our lives who we ought to really thank how we ought to live our lives each day because when i understand that god's providing for me every every day and in everything that gives me a whole different perspective for what it means to be content what it means to live in this life what it means to look forward to the joys of heaven too it puts it on a whole different perspective when i understand how God's really working in my life. Right. And, and just the review of those passages and and the, the reminder of the truth of the doctrine does change my, you said, change your perspective that, okay, so if I have a bad day or, or a particular, you know, I miss out on the promotion or my girlfriend dumps me or, you know, whatever it, it might be, it, it's really easy to jump to despair and, and blame God and, uh, you know, God, if you love me, things would look better. Things would, would be the way I want them to be. But then to just have this healthy um, prescription of God's promises to see that, um, no, God doesn't promise absolute joy and happiness every moment of our lives. He doesn't promise that however you want your life to go is exactly the way that it will go. Uh, but he does promise um, that he will do everything that is necessary for us to be at his side forever in heaven. And he does promise that he will 
will be one who protects us from from evil and 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 seeks to show us love in in his special ways and when i get that reminder it helps me to see what is it that caused that despair when one thing didn't go my way mm-hmm. it's because i'm not really seeing the big picture i'm i'm seeing this little picture of of my own selfish desires my own um shallowness in saying this one thing is the be all and end all of life and if it doesn't go the way that i want it to go then all is lost Uh, but god broadens my perspective and opens my eyes to see him and his love and to see things from an eternal perspective Um, and and it just helps me to grow in that and you said this too to help helps to grow in the contentment with okay I can roll with with some of the bumps in in life and and I can recognize that yeah that went badly maybe of my own doing or maybe not uh but it doesn't mean that God's left me it doesn't mean that God's failing to keep his promises or all of a sudden I'm I've got to go through life on my own um no actually God must have a purpose for the pains that he allows into my life God um has a plan and a purpose and and even promises to use those things for my eternal good and if everything that happens is for my eternal good then it's kind of silly of me to ask for something other than my eternal good to happen or to dwell on it like all is lost because god said it's good but i disagree and i want it to be my way (laughs) i mean uh we could say with jesus not my will but yours be done learn and if God's will is some hardships, some trials, some difficult times, um, we can, with trust in our hearts, recognize that God's got this. God knows what's best for me, and uh, God promises to turn it into good, and so I can be content with that. Yeah, and, and I think along with that, when I understand that, that God is in control, that he's providing everything for me, not only can I be content, but it can also deal with some of the other emotions that we go through in this life too, like stress and anxiety and worry and fear because sometimes we can look around and, and just feel like, well, God's not there. He's not caring because things are going poorly. They're going badly. I don't have what I want or the things even that I think I need. But when I remember, even in those moments, God is still there and God is working and he is he has me in his mind and he's always with me, then I don't have to stress because I have the promises and, and all of God's promises that, that really are built on that f- that biggest promise that was fulfilled in Christ living and dying and rising from the dead for our sins to give us life. And if I build on that promise, then everything else, all those fears, I don't have to have the fears of the things of this world. I don't have to, to worry that I'm not going to have enough because my eyes are no longer focused on myself, but they're focused on my Savior. And when my eyes are focused on Jesus, there I get to see God's love and his work. And I don't have to be overrun by all these other emotions that I want to feel and, and that Satan's tempting me to have. Um, so it truly is a blessing to know God's providence, know how he's working, and keep my eyes focused on that. I always think of uh, the uh, the account where Peter's walking on, on the water. You know, G- Jesus yep. starts walking across the water, first of all, and um, Peter recognizes him and says, let me come out and walk on the water with you. And he does it, does it for a while. And then all of a sudden he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he's looking around at the waves crashing and everything else and he starts to sink. And he, he starts to fear like this isn't real. I shouldn't be doing this. And he why? Because he stopped trusting Jesus. Right? And, and I think it's the same in our life too. We can get so overwhelmed by the storms and the challenges around us 
that we take our eyes off Jesus and forget he's behind everything. And so a book like this, I, at least for me, helped me refocus and put my eyes back on where they need to be, back on Jesus. Yeah. And without sounding like I would have made it any further on the water than Peter, right? Um, it is interesting when you try to apply that into our lives, how quickly and easily we forget. So here, Peter is, by the power of God, defying the laws of nature and walking across a surface that should cause him to sink to the bottom. Yet, how quickly it's a law of nature, wind and waves that might knock him down. But how foolish, because it it shouldn't take wind or waves to knock him down. It should just take his own body weight to knock him down. But why hasn't he sunk? Because Jesus bid him to come and Jesus uh, offered his power and his protection. And so now all of a sudden to be worried about and, and to forget that Jesus is the one who's making all this possible. Um, but, but we do the same thing. We've got these powerful promises and it's Jesus who, who bids us come to him and gives us the strength and promise and protection. And yet we quickly turn to finances or a pandemic or, um, whatever, and act as if God doesn't have the power to provide for me in spite of the challenges, in spite of uh, the loss of a loved one, in spite of the fact that I lost my job, in spite of the fact that we're doing virtual school, in sp- whatever, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, our worries really are like, this might be a big deal, this might be the end, or this might be something that's too big for God to handle. <laughs> Sometimes the, the best antidote to worry is to just actually say it out loud and spell it out and listen to the foolishness of, I'm acting as if this stress is bigger, a bigger challenge than what God can handle. Right. Well, I know that's not true, even though I live like it is sometimes and I can hear it in my own ears and, and confess that sin and, and trust in the forgiveness that uh, Jesus so mercifully gives to me. Yeah, we're really good at minimizing God, aren't we? And making him much smaller than who he really is. And um, and, th- and this book gave us a reminder, God is way bigger than we can imagine um, and is in control and will not forsake us. And we don't have to worry or stress about those things. So keep our eyes on Jesus, our Lord. Yeah, God who's done the biggest and hardest thing forgiving our sins, washing us clean, making us perfect, and giving us a place with him in everlasting glory. Uh, He can certainly navigate us through a hundred years or so worth of living here in this place. That's for sure. The the God who's got our eternity secured most certainly has has our present existence uh, in his care, in his realm of, of influence, and in his ability to provide. And so we can fall back do the trust fall into God's arms and into his promises, recognizing everything that he has said about his ability and desire to provide for us is true. Um, and knowing that the one who, who cared so much and did everything that was necessary to save our souls uh, will also certainly, in his way, in his time, and, and in accordance with his will, um, keep our physical existence in his care and and in his loving arms. Yeah, because he cares for you. He does. It's a good thing to be loved by God, isn't it? Absolutely. It makes life a lot more enjoyable and uh, and peaceful. and allows us to really be content. Yeah. I think that's what it's all about. Absolutely. This is 
most, most certainly, certainly true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again sometime soon.